0: Hey! Hi! Merry Christmas, everyone!
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas!
0: Welcome to a very, very wonderfully special, heartwarming, heartfelt gather everyone around Christmas edition twibbly, Or this week was way better last year. Uh, my name is Bill with no L, <laughs> and with me, he's checking his
1: list and checking it twice. It's Jeff McLargehuge. Yes, I'm I'm Rudolph the Red Nose McLargehuge today. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know why I love do you know why I love Christmas so much
1: why do you love Christmas so much
0: now you're probably saying to yourself Bill I thought you didn't like Christmas and it's true the reason why I love Christmas day so much is because in just a few hours
1: I don't have to hear Christmas music
0: <laughs> for at least another 10 and a half 11
1: months fair enough yeah pretty much right um, there with you on that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what your working environment is, but I have several people that are just ho-ho-ho, jolly motherfuckers, like, from the day after Thanksgiving forward, you know? Right, yes. Cranking the Christmas music, wearing their Santa Claus hats, and it's like, ugh, I don't know. I've, <laughs> I have such, like, a low tolerance for fads and stuff like that. I just think that we should just, like, start over, Get get something, you know. Get something else, or at least get some better
1: traditions. Well, it's it's sort of like that where where I work too. You know, I've got there's this one guy. He constantly has a friggin' Santa Claus hat on. He ho ho ho's his way through the whole day. Constantly has Christmas music on, and I I think he like picks the lamest Christmas playlist you can get at spotify like christmas for infants is what it's like and it just oh. goes on and on and on and over and over again and then you alternates that with listening to the uh, admittedly fun the first time but less so the 555th time of the charlie brown christmas album hmm. i don't know what the, f- the guys that guy's problem is but i wish someone would take him outside and beat him with a two by four <laughs> uh, did i mention that i work out of my house i work by <laughs> myself
0: so <laughs> what a oh, great thanks. what a great setup and punchline that was <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I've been thinking about that one since like Thursday.
0: I honestly do not understand people that like love Christmas music because the genre is so wide. As we're going to discuss today, we we decided that we were going to do a special episode. It's going to be the five worst Christmas songs
1: of, in the history of Christmas. And, yeah, in the
0: history of well, in our humble opinion, anyway. Yes, and it's very uh, it's a very wide spectrum, and and Christmas music in general is a very wide spectrum. Uh, it was funny when we were putting t- the list together we kept doubling up I was like okay I'm gonna pick this on you're like
1: oh I have that one on my list no, you can't pick that one that was mine uh-uh.
0: so we each have two and then there was one that's just universal and I don't think it's gonna surprise anyone because if you go to like any BuzzFeed list or something like that it's it's
1: on there it's in yeah. the top five yeah inevitably the, yep. so, uh, interesting tr- interesting trivia question go on it's the only Christmas song written by a dead person you're absolutely right <laughs> <laughs> all right that's, there's just there's just spoiler kids there's just just spoiler kids yes before we start can i say like what, what i like about christmas music like okay. christmas music has a spectrum right so you can go anywhere from oh baby jesus is born <laughs> right that's one end of the spectrum yep and the other end of the spectrum is i hope i can a hula hoop, <laughs> which is like alvin and the chipmunks and all of it is okay it's all Christmas music, and no one gives a sh if it's Baby Jesus or if it's Hula Hoop. It all gets played, and no one ever complains about the the content of it until till us today.
0: Oddly enough, one of my favorite Christmas songs is ones that everybody hates. Is I like the I like the Hippopotamus for Christmas song.
1: I like that one. My favorite is Wild Man Fisher's uh, "I'm a Christmas Tree." <laughs> which is him just screaming, I'm a Christmas tree! I'm a Christmas tree! I'm a Christmas tree! On the Dr. Dementos. That's my favorite Christmas song. I listen to it like a, a thousand times a year <laughs> at work, and I piss off the other guy.
0: It yep. works there.
1: Uh, me.
0: Yeah, the, the one I play at work to, to kind of like uh, jab at other people, uh, I believe, I'm, I'm almost positive it's a cover, but the one I use is Mojo Nixon's Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto. <laughs> Badass. All right. Badass. So uh, this is a special edition uh, bonus episode of This Week Was Way Better Last Year. Hashtag worst song ever. Hashtag worst Christmas song ever. These are Bill with one L and Jeff McLarge, picks for the five worst Christmas songs of all time. And I will start. My pick is a song by No Doubt. Notable punk rock icons, <laughs> No Doubt. They did a Christmas song called "Oi to the World. This song, now hold on, let's, let's just back up a second. No Doubt, you know, it was part of that whole third wave of ska that came in, but they kind of dropped this ska thing pretty early on, and then Gwen Stefani went on to put out some really questionable dance music. But this Oi To The World song, it was originally done by a, a Southern California punk rock band called The Vandals, who were on tour with No Doubt. And they kind of, like, gave it to No Doubt, but, like, produced the song or something like that. The Vandals themselves put out a punk rock Christmas album.
1: Yeah, that, that every Christmas, all over the place.
0: What, the Vandals?
1: <laughs> I'm teasing. It's one of those, like, it's the gift the cues on giving. You know what? Why don't you take this song?
0: We got yeah, a whole yeah. record
1: <laughs> full of these, you know? To, to see if you can get any legs with this one. Right. And all of a sudden, there it is, you know?
0: And it came out at that time where... I I was a big fan, and so are you, of the you know, the original nineteen seventy seven wave of punk. Um, yeah. you know, that gave way into the you know, the early eighties and stuff like that. And then right. in the like late early to mid nineties, there was that
1: resurge. Wait, late early to mid nineties. You heard me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Anywhere from nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety nine. No, the late early to mid nineties. No, the late
0: early to mid nineties. So I'm talking like ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. The late, okay, the late, early to mid nineties. <laughs> A lot of those bands that came out. I mean, I, I know people are big fans, and I'm not, you know, knocking what anybody likes. But other than the fact that they only knew three chords, they weren't really punk. You know, they didn't. They didn't have the uh, the angst or the rebellion. Damn.
1: You yeah. know, made, they were like made for made for MTV. I think is probably yeah. a good description. I worked at a
0: Christmas theme park for whatever reason in 2004, and this song was in heavy rotation. I don't know, people just like, oh, it's like a punk rock Christmas song. It's like, ah, oh, I don't need you. I don't need you in my life. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's my pick. What's yours? Let's your
1: pick. There's a caveat with mine because the first version of this song is moderately tolerable. Okay. But it's been done five billion times since then. Okay. And each time it gets increasingly less moderately tolerable.
0: It's like making a photocopy of a photocopy. It just keeps degenerating.
1: Yeah. And after a while, you're just sort of scratch, scratching into the paper with a crayon. And then you're just crumpling the paper up. And then you're just flipping off the printer that's not working anymore. And then you're just smashing things. Well, this is like the smashing things part. The only version of this song that's tolerable it's, is by Eartha Kitt. It's off her first LP, and it's called Santa Baby. Oof. It was written, yeah, it was written by uh, Philip Springer, songwriter in the 50s for lots of crooners and stuff. And it's a well put together and interesting kind of funny novelty song. Mm-hmm. And Eartha Kitt sings it beautifully. She's a, got a beautiful voice and she, she's an interesting performer.
0: My friend saw her in concert and actually got to meet her, like, you know, like a meet and greet or a backstage. He goes, right. I, I, he goes, I told her, I, you know, I love her and I loved her my whole life. And she said, oh, thank you, darling. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah sounds, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The first Catwoman from the original Batman TV series and stuff, like, a, she's yeah. got a lot of going on, right? And she's a trendsetter. Uh, right as music was starting to get more integrated in the 50s is when she became popular. Santa Baby is a kind of a throwaway track from the record, but it's one that's because it's a Christmas song. It comes around every year, right? And every year, and then it got done by Madonna and Kylie Minogue and Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé and. Wait who? My head is like Michael Bublé and Robbie Robbie Williams and Ariana Grande and future ex-wife of mine Taylor Swift and God knows who (laughs) else. Right? Pretty much everybody's done a version of this song, and every time they do it, it sounds like somebody aping Eartha, except for Michael Bublé. He can't ape Eartha Kitt, but it sounds like somebody aping Eartha Kitt. The further you get away from Eartha Kitt's persona, the less. Funny the song is because it's like uh, you know, give me a Cadillac, take me to Tiffany's, blah blah. blah, All the things that she, what a very attractive woman wants to sort of, yeah, get from Santa by using her sexuality to get it. I totally buy into that. That's fine. I don't buy into that one. It's Michael Bublé. Yeah, you know,
0: (laughs) right when Madonna did it, it was right around the same time she came out with Material Girl. So it kind of, you know, like a handshake or a partner, a partnering song or or whatever. It almost makes sense with the Madonna, even though I find that one. (laughs) Grating. Uh,
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know no, that's that, and that's a really good description. It like, I make a, I make a face. If you can see it over this, you know, all the podcasts, it's like, like I just stubbed my toe against the coffee table at four o'clock in the morning. You no, know? So I'm going to play the Earth a kit clip here. Good idea. Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear. Santa, baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight.
0: Now, somewhere in the chain of command, because I really, this is a bump I cannot get over, of Michael Bublé's management team, somebody came up with the idea and nobody said no you know right. we're gonna do uh we're gonna record uh santa baby you figure somebody along the line michael buble one of michael buble's friends michael blue Bay's manager his girlfriend his anybody <laughs> his, his mother the Don't drummer song, in the studio band somebody had to say this is the worst idea imaginable
1: All Right. and again i'm not sure if they if they altered the lyrics to to suit michael buble or like robbie williams i'll have to go back and listen because my brain like literally starts to erase it <laughs> as song as as soon as I start to hear it it's like a bad childhood like, memory it's like a yeah it's like it's like a it's like putting a, a, a blank cassette tape into a recorder but there's no tape it just spins the little spindles and nothing happens you know Santa baby all right.
0: all right so uh John Denver is a national treasure uh, close personal friend of God if you've seen the movies uh <laughs> true. And and he and he put out a number of Christmas albums, you know, with with and without the Muppets. But he has this one song that is just disconcerting. Is the only word I can come up with. Um, it's kind it kind of goes into that, you know, that he was kind of like folky but kind of country, you know. He kind of had that. It was like a, a sweet spot in between in between the two. So here is a song called. <laughs> I can't even say it straight. Ready. Please, Daddy. That's the name of the song. Please, Daddy. Subtitle, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. All right. Uh, So here's the clip. You came home
1: a quarter past 11 And fell down underneath our Christmas tree Please, Daddy, don't get drunk Christmas, I don't want to see my mama cry. Please.
0: And the lyrics just kind of go downhill from there. Yeah. Other, other lyrics include Mama smiled and looked outside the window. She told me, son, you better get upstairs. And then you laughed and hollered, Merry Christmas. And turned, nice. I turned around and saw
1: my mama's tears. Mm. Such a happy family in that song. Yeah, it's like it's a Christmas miracle. Like I, I don't know who the audience for these kind of songs are. Yeah, like, I, yeah do I don't you know, know. <laughs> who's, you know, like I mean I can understand like Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh, dude, I cannot it's funny. No, but this song isn't funny. Like nothing's funny about domestic violence. Nothing's funny about alcoholism. <laughs> nothing's funny about any of this stuff. It's like, it, dude, like yeah, sh- bad happens at Christmas. I get it. Like, I understand that. Like, is there a hotline number in this song that we should be memorizing? Because, like, what the fuck, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Like, who who is the audience for this song? And, like, just imagine... I mean, I know the days of record stores are kind of, you know, gone now, but just imagine, like, hearing this song once and then showing up at the record store and saying, hey, do, I don't know who does it, but do you have that song, uh, Daddy Don't Get Drunk? Oh, we sure do.
1: Right. Oh, I guess if we get the platinum single of that one, it comes with a free six-pack of Strohs. <laughs> we can barely keep it in stock. Are you kidding me? Well, if you get you get five if you get five proofs of purchase, you get 10% off at the state liquor store. <laughs> and, and I like John Denver. I really do. I think he's his, his music is generally wonderful. Wholesome. Hol- yeah. yeah, I, I think he got pigeonholed into that, but yeah, it's generally wonderful, interesting, sort of American, folky country, and I, right. I sort of dig that. But, like, this song is just... Like, what, what? What? who wrote that? What bad day did you have We're like, I need a Christmas song? All right. Ready? One of the people that wrote it, his
0: name was William Danoff. And the co-writer, <laughs> it took two people to write this song. The co-writer of course. was somebody named Taffy Danoff. Now, Taffy probably sounds. Probably his wife. Yeah. It's a, yeah it's a, his I'm going to guess it's a girl's name. Uh, not only does it sound like a girl's name, it also sounds absolutely delicious.
1: <laughs> it's, either, it's, either, it's either his wife or his sister or his dog. Yeah. Here, Taffy. Come here, girl. What uh, do you think of this? <laughs> don't get drunk at Christmas. What do you think of this? roof, 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 I think she likes it. What do you think of this? Oh, my God, Taffy. No, she's on the floor.
0: And so did I, figuratively. All
1: right, Next. Okay, so we go from uh, domestic abuse to the worst Christmas song in the universe for me, because again, nothing says a season of sort of you know not redemption, but it's like it's it's meant to be like goodwill towards men and and, or goodwill towards people and gratefulness and all this and all this stuff, right? Right. And
0: it's yeah, and it's Uh, and its pagan roots, Christmas. Christmas is rebirth. It's uh, around the winter solstice. It's when the days right. start getting longer again. So it's like the, right. the the sun is coming back to life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and again, before Christian holiday of Christmas was moved over to December 25th, the, the 21st to the 25th used to be the festival of Sol Invicta in pre-Christian Rome. So the Sol Invicta means the unconquered sun. So the sun at its you know shortest amount of time being visible, and then it starts to grow each day. Right? So it's yep. unconquered. It rises again. Nothing to me says rebirth. And a new year, quite like the Christmas shoes. Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick
0: for quite a while. And I know these shoes will make her smile. And one or two look beautiful if mom. I only found out about this one recently, whatever, uh, a couple of years before I started Twibbly, I used to do a thing on my Facebook page called The Worst Song Ever. And yeah. I, I asked people, what's your least favorite Christmas song? And somebody said, oh my God, the Christmas shoes. I was like, the yeah. Christmas shoes? What are these Christmas
1: shoes? Well, it's one of those, you wouldn't know it because the song's from like 2006. Mm-hmm. So it's relatively new in the in the canon of Christmas crap. Yep. And it was made into a TV movie for, like, lifetime or something. Or, like, literally one year after this song. Crept up the country charts and crossed over and infected adult contemporary. And then spread virally into the top 40. They made a movie out of this? They did indeed. Because of course you would! It's about a kid buying shoes for his dying mother so she can look pretty when she meets Jesus. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, yeah. So the story of the song is this uh, this little kid is buying... He wants to buy well, shoes for his mother.
1: It's it's not even, it's not even, that's not the story of the song. Okay. The story the, the story of the song is like, it's third person. So it's somebody else is telling you the story of this kid. Go on. And his story, the story of the song is like, I'm waiting in line to buy some Christmas shit for my family. Yep. That's the story. Okay. But in the middle of waiting in line to buy some Christmas shit for my family, in walks this little kid who asked the clerk to buy some shoes, so where he can buy some shoes for his mother because his mother's going to die. Yeah, okay.
0: Ho, ho, ho. I, if I remember correctly, somebody in the store or maybe the narrator of the song even, like, gives the kid money so he can buy these shoes yes.
1: for his mother.
0: Yep. And that's supposed to be, like, the Christmas miracle, right?
1: Yes. Yes, the Christmas miracle. You so can bring home shoes that she's never going to wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a waste of money.
0: Can, yeah, you bring home shoes that the coroner could take
1: right off of her in a couple
0: of hours. Right,
1: yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah, so she can, they can be buried All with right, her. All
0: right, so somebody gave
1: this kid five bucks, Right. And that's supposed to be the Christmas miracle? Yeah, I don't get it. It was like the idea that there's like, see, it's goodwill. That just means that you're gullible. First, I, wait, wait I, I'm going to start. Like, I have a personal connection to this song. Right. One, I was the kid in this. No, I wasn't. The kid in this <laughs> song. Um, it, it, I have it, a pair it, of it, shoes. <laughs> I, I, too, own shoes and have been Christmas shopping and seen things. Yeah. No, it's just, it's. I understand that there's a time and a place to be reminded of the shortness of life and mortality, right? Mm I guess Christmas is sort of like that. Uh, Maybe? Mm -hmm. I always thought it was more of an Easter thing, but whatever. I can kind of understand it, but it's like... This is like the Daddy Don't Get Drunk at Christmas song, like... Who's gonna go sing this to like? Who sings this at a family? Hey everybody, it's let's sing some Christmas carols. What do you want to sing this year? You want to sing Jingle Bells? No. How about uh, Noël? No. How about A uh, Little Town of Bethlehem? Nah, that one's a. We're tired of that one. Let's sing the Christmas Shoes. It's not only that just that the lyrics are, for, for at least for me, rage-inducing. Right. It's that the the production of the song itself. It's it's by a band called the the New Song band or new song. It sounds like it was produced specifically to be played in a Walmart elevator if Walmarts were more than one story tall. <laughs> Does that if that makes any sense. It is slow, it is boring, it is quiet, it is earnest to the point of nausea, it is terrible in a million ways. It's like it's like watching any Christmas movie on the Hallmark channel after rubbing Vaseline into your own eyes <laughs> so that it's all in soft focus. It's just awful.
0: I, I I keep going back to this in my mind that you know, the miracle this Christmas miracle of this song is somebody gave the kid five bucks to buy shoes and call me a cynic, but remission. Remission would have been a better thing to pray for than a pair of kicks for right. Ma.
1: Song makes me mad. It makes me makes me dislike it makes me actually dislike Christmas a little, a little bit more than I even normally do. It's one of those like this is the song that's the person like the the Debbie Downer, right? The Debbie Downer character. Right. Everything's kind of going good and it's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> Ebola's killed 325 hundred people in <laughs> you know, the Congo. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to eat some, you know, some fruit cake and have a glass of eggnog. And here you are telling me about burning babies in a <laughs> okay. go away. All right. Um, so
0: now that we uh, have uncovered the two most depressing Christmas songs that we could possibly dig up. I don't know about you, but on Christmas... I would like to have a wonderful Christmas time but I am not allowed oh, to have simply a, simply having. have a wonderful Christmas time <laughs> because a man who in 1969 took over the body of Paul McCartney when Paul McCartney died in a car accident a man by the name of 90. Billy Shears started writing right. some of the most insane music ever to hit the radio <laughs> like we said at the top of the show You don't have to go very far on the internet To find the most Ridiculous and universally Hated Christmas song of all time uh, Jeff and I both agree that this would make The top of the list Is oh, yeah. Paul McCartney's Simply having a wonderful Christmas time That only comes This time
1: of year The song is, it has the the meter as if it was written by a four-year-old who'd really, like, whacked his head on the (laughs) playground. And then was told to write a Christmas poem. So it's like, I hate this song. It's way too long. Simply having. And then it just repeats, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Until, I don't know, the heat death of the universe. Because I... However long that song is on, it's all—it's on forever. It's like, didn't I just hear this? It's <laughs> this song went on for 45 minutes? Because it feels like it has. The last time I looked at the clock, it was 2, and now it's 2.45, and it's simply having wonderful Christmas time. What the hell? It's like a time warp.
0: And we have discussed, and it's been a running gag on the show for a couple of months now, about the urban legend that Paul McCartney died. All the clues that were on the record albums and the backwood messages and all that. I don't think you have to go much further than this song to theorize that Paul McCartney really did die. Because yes, Paul McCartney it. wrote When I'm 64, okay? And Paul right. McCartney wrote uh, and co-wrote some of the greatest rock and roll songs of that era. And then, simply happy, wonderful Christmas time. And, <laughs> and it's hard to pick a point of the song that is more annoying. Like the, the verse, the... <laughs> like
1: they're both equally annoying and let's get that like wah 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 wah. wah, wah, wah. We well, shouldn't be in any song, but it's less less so in a Christmas wah 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 wah. Yeah. The Beatles have a history of releasing terrible goddamn Christmas songs every year from like 1963 uh-huh. forward. Yep. They would do a novelty record every year, and some of them I'm sure are just John Lennon going Christmas, 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 <laughs> Christmas. Christmas if you play it backwards, it says, you know, <laughs> Paul stole my girlfriend. Paul stole my girlfriend. Paul <laughs> stole my girlfriend. Or something like that. But, like, terrible Christmas songs are a part of the part and parcel for the Beatles catalog anyway. Yep. Knowing that Paul McCarty, the, the first zombie and last surviving member of the Beatles at this <laughs> point, so I'm sure that whoever his record company was at the time, it, it wasn't Apple, it was Cal- I think Capital Records, was like, hey, you know, you guys always did a Christmas record. If we gave you a dump truck full of money, would you make a Christmas record for us? And they, of course I would. Of course. Of oh. Oh, love uh, Christmas. How long, how long do I have? I'm going to first, I'm going to, i write my first name on the check, <laughs> Paul, and then on the bottom part of the memo of the check, I'm going to write, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, and then, McCartney, uh, there, we're done. Right? It, yes. How, how long do I have to write this song? Uh, we'll give
0: you the better side of 45 minutes. All right, I'm on it. What, what, what am I going to do with the extra 42? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> So that's uh, that, that that should be a wrap up. I've had I've had enough of Christmas music except for one song, and that's the song that's gonna play us out. Hit it, mojo, yeah. take us to the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, whatever's left of it, have a good Christmas, Jeff.
1: Same. Have a great Christmas, Bill. All right, we'll see you guys on Monday. Everybody
0: have a